Oklahoma State basketball might be the hottest team in the Big 12, but can they carry that energy into March? I'm Matt Jordan with the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network, and well, it got a little tougher for the Cowboys with going the rest of the way without guard Avery Anderson. Anderson, who averages 11.1 points per game, leads the team in assists and steals, 3.4 assists a game and and 1.5 steals a game, will be out indefinitely with a wrist injury. Actually, is getting uh, surgery on that wrist, and according to head coach Mike Boynton, he will be done uh, indefinitely with that wrist surgery and uh, the Cowboys you know like to make things interesting they certainly know how to get that heart going make me feel like I'm gonna go have a heart attack they did that uh, against TCU blowing a 19 point lead did get the victory that was one of the games that I talked about last week was a game that they needed to win to kind of help their standing moving forward with where they are in terms of of making it to March Madness. And then a game I said that they could not lose was the game against Texas Tech, and that uh, a game that literally came down to the final second. And, uh, you know, without Anderson in the lineup, kind of interesting to see kind of how they, they went. They went with Boone, Newton, Asbury, Wright, and Thompson. And, of course, uh, Caleb Boone had been having a fantastic stretch. Oklahoma State had won uh, six of their last last seven, and Boone had been a big part of that, had 18-point games for, I think, four games straight, had the 25-point game against TCU, struggled in this one, but Bryce Thompson picked him up. Thompson was the only starter with double digits. Thompson had 21, uh, did uh, have the the miss at the end of the game, but was picked up uh, on that final shot by John Michael Wright, and of course, John Michael Wright had the chance with free throws at the end of the game to make it a three-point game. Missed one free throw, but then at the end of the game, gets the crucial offensive board, lays it up and in with one second left, hits the free throw to make it a three-point game. Oklahoma State steals the long inbound attempt with, I think, .8 seconds left, and they beat Texas Tech. So now you're looking at a team that uh, has done a good job of setting themselves up, and if you look at bracketology, they're part of the last four in. Uh, West Virginia was right there with them. West Virginia has done a great job as well. They just got a, a huge win uh, as well uh, to, to kind of set them up in a better spot for bracketology. And they're, they're kind of right there together. Uh, when I checked before the Texas Tech game, West Virginia and Oklahoma State were both there as being the last four in. West Virginia has now moved into the last four buys, and Oklahoma State still sets at the last four in spot for Lenardi's bracketology. Taking on, uh, at the moment, they would take on Boise State in that play-in game, uh, and then the winner of that would face the six-seed Miami. They would be in the Las Vegas, the West uh, Regional there, playing uh, in Columbus. Um, That is where Lenardi has them at the moment. What is going to be interesting to see with uh, the Big 12 in general and how they're going to work all these teams in, there are so so, so many talented teams uh, when it comes to uh, how this is breaking down for the Big 12. Eight to nine teams for the Big 12 could make the tournament, although OU uh, struggled recently is maybe the team that will get left out. But it looks like eight teams 
for the big take the tournament, four of them, if not more, maybe six of them are kind of are, are looking at the moment. You've got KU, who's a two seed. Texas is a two seed. Baylor, a three seed. Iowa State, a three seed. Kansas State, a four seed. TCU, a four seed. And then West Virginia and Oklahoma State rounding it up. West Virginia currently a 10 seed. And Oklahoma State, the 11 seed, like I said. So it, it's a tough, tough field, and you've got, I mean, you've got six, six of the eight teams right now slated as top four seeds, which is, is insane to think about how, how much of a closely competitive uh, league the Big 12 has been in basketball, and Oklahoma State, who, like I said, has been playing really well. They have that one loss to Texas, but out, outside of that, uh, since the first Bedlam game, beat beat OU, beat Iowa State, they beat Ole Miss, they beat OU again, they beat the upset against TCU, and then took care of business against Texas Tech. Now, the next stretch of games, these next stretch of games are absolutely brutal for the Cowboys. Brutal end of the season for Oklahoma State, and I really think down the stretch, they have to go over 500 in this in this matchup. They on Saturday, will travel to Ames to take on Iowa State. They already beat Iowa State once this year, but now they got to go to Ames and do it again. They have KU coming up at home. Uh, they played KU really well in the first half. The first time around, did not play them well in the second half, uh, and they lost that game in uh, in Lawrence, which is a tough place to play. So we need that first half energy coming up against KU in the second half. Then they have to go to TCU and play TCU on the 18th, a KU game on Valentine's Day, by the way. As uh, they have to go to TCU, then to West Virginia, and then finish it up at home against K-State, at home against Baylor, and then on the road at Texas Tech. That last end of the schedule... That is ridiculous. That is the toughest stretch of games that I think I've seen a team have trying to make the tournament. So there are Iowa State, Kansas, TCU, West Virginia, Kansas State, Baylor, and Texas Tech. Seven of those games, I think you you have to pull off an upset, whether it's beating Iowa State on the road, it's beating TCU on the road, it's beating Kansas at home, or beating one of K-State or Baylor at home. I think you need to do two or three of those depending on how the other games go. If you can beat West Virginia on the road, that would be huge. Right now, Oklahoma State and West Virginia uh, kind of right there next to each other. Oklahoma State has the better in-conference record, West Virginia 4-7, and seven, but both teams 15-9. and nine. And actually, Oklahoma State just a game back of... Uh, Iowa State, TCU and Oklahoma State are both 6 and 5 in conference play, but TCU 17 and 7 on the season. So if Oklahoma State could pull off that win uh, against Iowa State, that would actually move them and make them even. Iowa State is 7 and 4, but that I mean, listen to the Big 12, listen to the conference standings because right now Oklahoma State is just two games back in conference play. In the Big 12, Texas is 8-3 currently in first place in the Big 12. K-State, Kansas, Baylor, and Iowa State are all 7-4 in the Big 12. TCU and Oklahoma State are 6-5. West Virginia is 4-7, OU is 2-9, and, and Texas Tech is 1-10. So even with a loss, uh, a couple of losses, 
they'll still be right there even with West Virginia because you're looking at that game against Iowa State and then KU. I mean, easily see them losing both of those games. Losing to TCU, losing to West Virginia. If you lose the next four, if you lose four in a row, I think you pretty much sealed your fate and you, you're going to miss. Even if you are able to beat KU, Baylor, and then Texas Tech to wrap up the season, I think you're going to seal your fate losing the, if you lose four in a row after this really good stretch. So, no Avery Anderson's going to make that really tough for them as well. You're losing not only a senior leadership guy, but a guy that led the team in, in assist and was a great defender as well. So who's going to step up kind of in uh, that empty space without Avery Anderson? And and one of the things Oklahoma State, to me, is kind of set up to be a successful team in the postseason. They have uh, veteran leadership on the team. There's not really a star on the team. They have multiple guys that can kind of go out and make a difference if they need to. And uh, they're coached by an experienced team. The one kind of thing they, they lack that you, you like to see from teams uh, that are making tournament runs is, is a star. They don't really have that star, so to say. Their highest scorer is 12 points a game in Caleb Boone. And then Bryce Thompson right behind him at uh, 11.2 points a game. So Oklahoma State has a tough road ahead of them if they want to make it into March, and of course the fan base would love to see that. They they kind of need something to cheer for. 2023 hasn't been off to the best start, and 2022 honestly didn't end very well for Oklahoma State fans, so we'll see how they, they go down the road, but again, I, I, think, I think looking at this schedule, they need to win one of the three upcoming games. I think if really they need to go two and two in that stretch. They absolutely cannot go zero and four. I think they can survive going one and three if they finish the season three and zero. They, in my opinion, they need to go four and three down the stretch. They can get by going three and four if they beat KU and they beat K State and they beat Baylor. If you win those home games, if you win those home games. I think even two or three of those home games, whether that's KUK State or KU Baylor or K State Baylor, but uh, and then beating Texas Tech, I think you've got to win one of the next four, and you have to win at least two, if not three, of those final three games to have a case for making March Madness. And I just don't, I don't know if they can do it. I, I I'm I'm excited to watch it unfold. Uh, I'm going to be tuned into all all these games uh, coming up, and I, I just don't I don't know if they can do it. But like I said, it is it makes for great basketball. Uh, I'm you know annoyed at this at this uh, final stretch of games, but man, man oh man, will it make? I mean, it's gonna it's fun, and it, I mean it's one of the things that kind of highlights this time of the year because every game kind of decides what you're going to do, and when you look at the, the schedule, seven seven teams that you play, uh, or the seven opponents that you have, five of them are ranked, and all of them are in the top 20, and four of them are in the top 15, 11 Iowa State, 9 Kansas, 17 TCU, 12 K-State, and 14 Baylor. And uh, three, two of those, two of those games are going to be on the road. 
two of these teams you've beaten, three of these teams you've lost to already. And uh, you're looking at uh, the West Virginia game. They did beat West Virginia at home. That was a close one. They won it by 7, 67 to 60. They lost by 2 to KU. They lost by Baylor. That was a bad loss. Uh, that was uh, part of a three-game losing stretch where they lost to Texas K-State. Lost to an unranked Baylor at the time, 74-58. Had a close game, lost by 8 to uh, K-State, 65-57 in that first matchup. So it's going to be tough for Oklahoma State to get there. I think I think they have it in them. I, I think they have enough of veteran leadership and good coaching to kind of pull it out. And if one guy has an off night, like we saw against Texas Tech, Caleb Boone had an off night. Bryce Thompson picked him up. Bryce takes a bad shot to try to win the game, and there's John Michael Wright to pick him up with a last-second basket that helps them win by three. So Oklahoma State, I think, has a very good shot to make it in to to March Madness. And honestly, you win those games, you're going to be seeing yourself – much higher than the 11th seed. Um, you're gonna you're gonna move up, uh, I think, a bit, especially beating uh, those ranked teams like you will uh, will have to do. Um, but three and four, I think three and four and favorable. If they go three and four the rest of the way, that'll put them at 500 in the Big 12. That'll make them. Uh, it would be nine and nine in the Big 12, and then you're looking at they'd be 18 and 13 on the year and I think 18 and 13 with some ranked wins is good enough to get you in to March Madness and of course um, the tournament plays into that as well I I think if they were to go 3 and 4 and then are bounced in the first round of the tournament that doesn't really look good you go 3 and 4 you win a game or two in the tournament I think that sets you up to, uh, to be in a really nice spot heading in to March so I look forward to the last seven games of the season and uh, I'm going to be tuned in uh, to to each and every one of those to see how things kind of work out for Oklahoma State down the road when it comes to basketball. Let's transition now from the hardwood to softball as softball gets underway now. It's it's starting now. Uh, it seems odd that uh, you know we're in the month of, of February and and we started 2023, it feels like. But softball, baseball, uh, both starting here. As uh, we'll take, take a look, though, like I said, at some softball as uh, the state of Oklahoma uh, looks really good for for softball. OU, of course, the defending champs, one of the greatest softball dynasties ever uh, is number one. And Oklahoma State is two or three in so many polls, more three than two uh, in so many polls out there. And uh, they'll get their season started uh, either – they've already either started or they're starting as you're listening to this. Uh, They're in Mexico uh, taking on Oregon, and then they'll play North Carolina and then Maryland – and then Ole Miss, the Maryland Ole Miss games are on the the same week, but that's this weekend and this weekend tournament in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, and uh, Oklahoma State. Listen, I will, I'll, I'll be honest with you, right? I, I want to be, I want to be honest with the listeners. Softball is not something I have paid all that much attention to. Now, 
I lived with uh, two roommates for a while, major college softball fans. They go to the tournament every year in Oklahoma City, and and being an Oklahoma kid, I I understand the importance of softball, but they go to the tournament every year in Oklahoma City. We watched it in the house when we lived together, so it's something that I have paid attention to. It's not something I paid attention a lot of attention to. When Oklahoma State went on their run last year, won the Big 12, went and did really well in the College World Series, I watched more softball then than I'd probably ever watched outside of when I was in college and I worked for the athletic department uh, at Roger State than I ever did before. So I was really tuned in, and I'm going to pay attention all season long to this Oklahoma State team, who I think has a really good opportunity to win the College World Series, but it's not going to be easy uh, for them as the Big 12 is very tough. And actually, if you're interested to see if you're a big softball fan and want to want to check out uh, a softball uh, preview, an opening weekend preview, uh, Brian Clinton has a really good preview up uh, at HeartlandCollegeSports.com uh, talking about uh, the Big 12 and kind of breaking things down. But but Oklahoma State will start off the season against Oregon. Uh, Oregon comes in at 24th, the ranked 24th in the country. That'll be a good test, and then they get to figure some things out. North Carolina, Maryland, Old Miss to kind of wrap up the weekend. So interesting to see uh, how those play out. I'm going to figure out a, a way to kind of tune into those games. And a couple of those Mexico games are pretty late. The uh, North Carolina games at 8.30 and the Maryland game is at 11 o'clock. So Softball should be fun to watch this year. Uh, like I said, great end of the season last year. They're already ranked number three. High expectation for the Cowboys coming from the national media when it comes to softball. And uh, actually, the Big 12 has three top ten teams. OU at one, Oklahoma State at three, and Texas at number six. So the Big 12 is going to be very competitive. Again, if you want to check out a full preview of the Big 12 softball for their opening weekend. Uh, Like I said, my buddy Brian got a good article up on heartlandcollegesports.com. And honestly, anything Big 12 related, football, baseball, basketball, uh, women's basketball, anything Big 12 related, uh, check out Heartland College Sports. They got a lot of great writers, a lot of great articles over there. Uh, I use a lot of their stuff when it comes to to my research. We'll wrap up the episode with this. $100 million is a lot of money to pay to go be mediocre in the SEC. And uh, that is what OU in Texas is going to do. So they only have to play this next season in the Big 12. And they get to leave early. Originally, the Big 12 had said that they were not going to allow them to leave early, which I, I kind of loved because I thought it was petty. But now they're saying that they are going to allow them to pay that $100 million exit fee to leave the Big 12 after the 2023-2024 season and enter into the SEC into 2024. And, well, if, uh, well, I mean, at least for Texas, Texas has been so mediocre for so long. I don't understand how they think that it is just going to fix them by entering into the SEC. OU has at least been to the college football playoff and has an opportunity to kind of rebuild with a new coach in the SEC and maybe getting in there earlier is good for them, but I just don't see these teams being much more than uh, middle of the road uh, in the SEC 
for you know, and then they may have years of surgeons. I mean, Texas A&M, Ole Miss are are good. You know, every so often, Kentucky had had some good seasons. Tennessee just kind of surged here of late, um, but I just don't see them being uh, dominating like they did in the Big Twelve in the SEC. So good luck to OU and Texas as they head to the SEC after this next season. And like I said, uh, talked about, I I'm don't want to play OU ever again. Uh, so only having to play them one more time when it comes to uh, this next football season for Bedlam, I'll take that. And really, Mike Gundy, win the last Bedlam. Just, just win the last Bedlam. Beat OU, win the last Bedlam, and let's just end it, end it with that. So again, I think $100 million is a lot. To go be mediocre in the SEC, we'll see if they prove me wrong. And if they don't, hey, maybe Alabama and Georgia will let you look at their college football playoff national championship trophies. For the Pokes Podcast on the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network, I am Matt Jordan.